2: I'm Annie. And I'm Leah. And this is Lactation Business Coaching with Annie and Leah, where we talk about the smart way to create a compassionate and professional private practice. Let's dive in. Hey,
3: Leah.
2: Hey, Annie. How are you doing today? I am great. I am really great because today we're answering listener questions. And I am- guys, so, so excited. many. I know I'm so excited about this. It's so fun
3: cuz it feels like they're all here with us now and we're just going to be talking to them and talking to the things that are on their mind and I just love the sense of community this is bringing and I can't wait to do more of these. These were it was so fun to get everybody's questions and to read what things people are thinking about and to realize like so many of us are thinking about the same things. You know, we got a lot of the same things which was super fun to just see like, Oh, we're like one big hive collective mind. Um, I love it. And so I'm really excited about the questions that we have to answer today. So before we get started into that, do you want to tell us about our sponsor
2: for today's episode? Yes. Today's episode is sponsored by Practice Better, which is a platform that I know a lot of you are using and really enjoying. So Practice Better is your all-in-one solution to managing your practice, automating repetitive tasks, and getting back to doing what you do best, helping clients. With Practice Better, you can automate your intake process, use templates to save time on writing your care plans and creating your recommendations, communicate securely with clients, and even keep them accountable. And Practice Better wants you to use code CLEARDESK20 and get 20% off your first four months with them. And what's also nice about them is that they've got a way to try for free where you get access to almost all of the features before you actually start paying. So uh, take advantage of that. Take advantage of the code to get the discount. Check it out. There are a really making a lot of people very happy out there in charting land. That is super awesome. I love it. I love it. So before we jump into our questions, uh, Leah, what is your marketing tip for the week? Today's marketing tip is about
3: keeping you in front of your clients, maybe past the time that you actually worked with them. So I think this is really, really helpful because your clients are probably one of your best marketing resources out there because if they're having babies their friends are having babies and they're going to be sharing your information on um different platforms and so if you can keep in the forefront of your their mind then that gives you an in on being recommended the next time the issue comes up where maybe their friend is having an issue and so i've heard a lot of different ways to make this happen but some ideas would be to send the Baby uh, birthday card. So I think that's a great one. If you, you're going to have the baby's birth date, you could have an automated um, even doing it um, where you got a reminder that comes up and say, like, okay, send these birthday cards. Some people will do it like, okay, I'm going to send all the babies from March. I'm going to send all the babies from April just in one batch. You can get super cheap at the dollar store, little happy birthday cards, just sign your name. You could even throw a business card in there and mail it off. It's a small price to pay and it takes a little bit of time, but it's such a sweet personal touch that will keep them remembering that wonderful time you had with them. And they're going to be like, Oh yeah. Yeah inevitably, they're going to have some friend right around that time that might need your help and they can pass your information along. Or I feel like, The moms that love you and are on social media are some of your best advertisement ever. So if you can keep them loving you well past the time that you worked with them and keep you in the forefront of their mind, it could be so important. I mean, so great for your business and marketing. And so the other one that you can do, um, so that was more geared towards the baby. You could do mother day cards and those are great because you can do something very generic. Um, again, just signing your name, maybe throwing a business card in there if you wanted them to have that, um, And you can even have cards made pretty inexpensively. So we do that. We have thank you for the referral cards that we send out. And, um, We got them really inexpensive from Vistaprint and and it already has our name. I mean, literally all you have to do is stick it in the envelope, put the address on it, stick a stamp on it and send it out. And so that is what we have done um, to help keep us in the forefront of these mamas' minds. And it's really paid off. So I hope that that marketing tips help
2: for you guys. Well, I like the focus on thinking of something you can give to them that will put a smile on their face. And, you know, that's so many ways that you can take that. Um, so that's, that's really great. Um, reminding them of how you help them and giving them that warm feeling again. So thank you for that, Leah. Yeah, love it. Love it. So I'm going to jump right in with our first listener question. So this Woo-hoo. whole is going to be listener questions. And I'm going to say that this first one is Maybe one of the most controversial ones that we're going to bring up in the entire episode. Oh, this is going to be a tough one. Okay, oh. we're going to do it. Okay, break it down. What do okay. we got? You've mentioned using clients' bathrooms and taking off shoes at the visit, but what about that classic debate? Oh, no. Do you or will you bring a coffee into the visit with you?
3: <gasps> oh, my gosh, no. Mm, this is this is too much yeah we I need don't to don't shut know.
2: this down right now I don't know <laughs> I don't, know. I don't think cool. it can be done I just can't yeah I, <laughs> I mean I, I don't know if I could take a position on this without I know. The just run it's up
3: to a one side or the other To so, one side or the other okay, okay are you so, gonna take a stand
2: where are you okay. standing I'm gonna t- I'm gonna take a stand <laughs> and my, the stand is that I'm a jerk <laughs> Oh no. <laughs> this is the stand I'm going to take. I like to think of myself as this very considerate person. Like I'm going to take my shoes off. So I don't bring like dog poop into your house from the dirty streets of New York city. But I can't even tell you the number of times I have stopped for iced coffee at a coffee shop on the way because my client is early in the morning and I'm tired and I'm a coffee person brought it into the consult. And then when the consult's over, I've left it there Oh no! like for them to clean up. Oh no! Now I'm evolved. I I I really was like after like doing it more times than I would like to admit. I'm <laughs> going to do it and I don't. I, I'm very mindful of it now. And I will say like I will say this: while I've left my my trash, that's what it is. I've left my trash <laughs> behind for my clients because of my coffee obsession. I do also carry breath mints, and if I'm drinking coffee before so I leave, I pop a breath mint because coffee breath it's is so. Awesome. What Important.
1: about you? What's, what's so your I, on
2: coffee? I don't bring anything
3: water or coffee into visits oh I just never have probably because I I am the worst about leaving stuff behind and I know a hundred percent I would do that and so I don't bring anything in with me for me but on this note um I think we talked about it one of the episodes like if a family member offers you a coffee or drink of water. I have had, speaking of coffee, a few clients who have this super fancy, like cappuccino making espresso mega machine. And they're like super into coffee. And I have had some of the best coffee of my life um, in these, these families homes. So if they, if someone not the parents, offer me one of these fancy coffees. I will drink it there, but I have not brought in my own coffee for sure. And, um, I'm really bad about, I know a lot of people bring water. I've I've seen that like on the message boards and stuff, like bringing water, a water bottle in your bag or something like that. I don't even do that. It probably would be super helpful and and good for me, but I
2: don't even do that. I don't do that either. Um, I'll bring coffee in, but not water, but (laughs) I think that's yeah.
3: such a it's such a good question though because I think we definitely if you went on anything Facebook we started such a controversy with the paper towel thing oh my gosh people were like going crazy like I will never touch a dirty wet towel oh, or so, only paper towels and I have so put a paper towel roll in my bag
2: oh so, so speaking of that so my I'm taking one of my kids to um, a podiatrist and. Um, my the podiatrist he started talking to her about germs like she was like oh she was biting her fingernails and he was like you shouldn't bite your fingernails you know how dirty they are like he kind of went on and I was like I've we've been seeing him for a long time and he's like he is super clean and you could just tell like and which is good you want that
1: yeah
2: like yeah like especially podiatrist I think that's like even better place to be like so he just started talking about germs and I was like Totally, and then I know that he does. He's told me before that he does home visits uh, for the elderly Aww. who can't leave their home. He goes to see them, and I was like, okay. So we've had this discussion, with lactation <laughs> consultants about washing your hands at people's offices, and he he lit up. <laughs> he Also, thought a lot about this. Oh my goodness! Paper towels. He will, and he says, "This is what this is what he does. He will bring his own paper towels. But if he go, if they send him to the bathroom to wash." their hands and he can't bring his own paper towels in with him. Um he will he says this is what I do. You go to the toilet paper but never touch the end of the toilet paper. Oh no. <laughs> okay? Cuz somebody else touched that. He says you go above the end and you start tapping at it. To send <laughs> toilet paper out. Then you tear it off, you throw that end piece away. And now you have clean toilet paper to use to dry your hands. And I'm like, wow. He right has in. Yes. Really thought through this
3: and it makes quite sense. thoroughly, quite thoroughly. Things that I have never thought yeah. of. But I did encounter just recently, and we'll move on to the next question. Um, because I think this came up is the soap bar. And I stood there at the sink and I'm like, where's where's the pump? I, I need a pump. I can't touch the soap bar. What am I going to do? Like it's a bar of soap and it kind of didn't look super clean bar of soap. And I was so panicked. Cause I'm like, this is when I need my own pump soap. You know, I was having a moment, but I rinsed it off really good. And then and then used it. And I was, I was like, note to self, I need to have alternative soap because some people use bar soap and then bar soap. I don't know. just feels weird
2: to me. I think it, and I think that's like my own issue because I think that it's still soap. Like I know, right. Funny. But it was just like, like just psychological. I don't know. I it's um it's such a funny thing. It's like, <laughs> and I really, yeah, I I've just definitely come in to touch with my own, I've got some things that are my own issues and some things that are like, you know, that's actually a really good idea to, you know, do these certain things and other things I'm like, I, I could be less uptight about. Right, a hundred percent. I know we're 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 all evolving. Every time every time I wash my hands, I wash my hands with an army of other lactation consultants. Yes, I think about it every single time. Now I'm standing in that sink and I'm thinking about
3: all of you, and it just oh, it just warms my heart and makes me giggle because I'm like, I wonder what they would do in this situation. It's so funny, and it definitely I'm so thankful we have this time to bring us all together on these hard topics. <laughs> yeah, so,
2: so don't don't hate on us for um for our, our coffee coffee stance um <laughs> coffee stance is tough i know we have another
3: good question so the next question is is there a way to participate in breastfeeding questions on social media for example someone tagged me on a mommy facebook group of a mom who is asking what she can do to best prepare for breastfeeding her soon-to-be-delivered preterm baby Um, so I think this is a really important question because, um, social media is so tricky and you can really get into that whole gray area of, are you giving clinical advice, something like that. But on a question like this, like how to prepare to breastfeed, um, to breastfeed, that would be a great place to, um, if you're tagged, say, Hey, thanks for the tag here's my website we definitely have services that could help you out um or we offer classes love to help you out so you're just keeping it really basic you're definitely not like straightforward marketing like i have a class on april 16th and you can participate and this is the cost and da da da, da cuz so many of these mommy boards have really strict rules about marketing so you have to be careful about that too if you're on the mommy board um but I think it's really important to, to keep it very, very like bland. And if you want to look at more about me, here's where you can go, but you're, you're definitely not asking, answering any specific questions. How do you handle it, Amy? Cause I know I get tagged all the time. How about you? Uh, yeah,
2: I get tagged all the time. Um, I do exactly what you do. I actually keep it really neutral. I say, thanks for the tag. Um, And actually, so sometimes this will have happened where I get tagged in a thread of somebody saying, I need a lactation consultant and and a client will tag me, but I don't want to reveal that she's my client. Right. So I don't actually, I don't reply directly to the client's tag. Oh, Um, I will just make my own comment and I'll just say, I see I was tagged here. I'd love to help. Here's my website. You can book online. Um, so, so that's just a little like separation that I like to do. Um, yeah. I don't, I don't acknowledge like, thanks so much. It was so fun working with you. Yeah, definitely don't you tag ever me, do Never that. do that. Nope. And, um, and I also tr- always, I link my website and I try to um, link my Facebook page for my business because oh, something smart. that really, I'm trying to just solve this problem. I feel like it's the unsolvable problem is that somebody tags you by name and then they no. message you through Facebook Messenger, and I just really don't want to even have appointment scheduling conversations over Facebook Messenger with clients. Like that, just I really want my Facebook is for me and not for the public. Like my yeah. mess, I don't know. So that's just always hard. If if they, but if they do message me, I say, um, I'll say you have to check out my check out my website. Or sometimes I I won't even I won't sometimes I won't respond if they use Facebook Messenger to try to reach me is, I don't know if that's bad, but sometimes I'm like boundaries. Like, yeah. I mean, you have to set up a boundary
3: like you feel most comfortable with. And I oftentimes, thankfully my business is tagged most often. So I'm grateful for that because then I'm not, um, occasionally I'll be tagged, but, but usually my business and, and I haven't gotten a whole lot of personal message, but I do the same. I just will send them like, Hey, you can find out more on my website. And that's like, all I'll say just to keep it really those good tight boundaries. But I think it's, a, and I, and I certainly like on any, any of that stuff, um, because I try really hard not to be too much on Facebook is, um, yeah, those aren't the things that I'm going to be running to first, you know, I'm like, like not, it might take some time for me to answer some of those, you know.
2: But and I think like you know the tag is enough to um, like marketing wise. Like so, what yeah. I would hope is that somebody would click my name, and then I have in my Facebook profile. If you click my name, it says for lactation inquiries go to citylactation dot com, and for tech training for IBCLCs go to paperlessibclc.com dot right. com. So yeah, I would say like. Hopefully, most people are seeing that and clicking to my website. Some people are still clicking through to message. But I think there's a, also a bigger point here, which is um, in this question, um, and the, the person asking the question um, also added the detail that she's also works as an RN in a big L&D unit. And so if she's getting tagged by somebody who might be delivering in the hospital where she works she has to be really careful not to start the conflict of interest. Um, And that's where that kind of generic thanks for the tag. Um, And then this can really help because then you're, you're really just not being unethical and like doing anything that might jeopardize your job at the hospital or be a HIPAA violation or even an ethical breach. But the second piece is this person in the example is somebody who's asking, what can I do to best prepare to breastfeed my soon to be delivered preterm baby? Okay. So that's a very specific question that has certainly happened to me. It's like somebody will post on a, on a Facebook group, like a local group, here's what's happening, blah, blah, blah. And then somebody will say, ask Annie Frisbee, um, or they'll and they'll tag me and somebody else will tag one of my awesome colleagues. And, um, and what you should never, 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 never do is answer that person's question about yeah. what's going on with their situation. Don't. Yeah, do if it. it's something,
3: yeah, if it's something specific, you definitely want to stay away from any potential mini consults or getting giving specific clinical advice at all.
2: And in the show notes, we're going to link to a great article by Elizabeth Brooks, our guru of ethics. Uh, she wrote an article called step away from the mini Console" that goes into detail why you're not supposed to do it, but at the very least it's like, please don't have time for that in your life. Um, there are many, many ways that you can offer breastfeeding support for free if that's something that is important to you to do, there are great ways to make that happen. You do not need to be doing it on Facebook, just because just because you're on Facebook and something happened on Facebook does not mean that you have to immediately respond to that thing on Facebook. And that is kind of the problem with social media is you log in because you're like, oh, I'm bored. Or like, if you're me, I'm like, I'm waiting for the elevator and I'm going to check out Facebook and something will grab your attention. Mm-hmm. Or you're like, oh, well, while I'm here, let me just see what's, oh, look at that. Oh my goodness. And then now <laughs> all of a sudden, you've you've sucked yourself into something that five minutes ago was not even on your radar. Right. And so just recognizing that there are things social media is designed
0: to pull
2: you in and make you want to engage there. and stay. I know.
3: And it's so pervasive and so hard to get away from. I feel like, um, I feel like something it's I'm battling all the time and trying to remind myself of like, okay, you can't sit here. You can't get pulled in. You have to have really firm boundaries. Thank goodness for Apple's new feature of time allowed to spend on an app. I totally use that. And I make my, like when it says your time is up on Facebook today, like, okay, thanks mom. (laughs) I'm like, it's like my own parental unit here following me and telling me to get off different social, well, all different apps because they all yeah. can you in. So that was a great question and and really, really a good one to come back around because I know we all struggle with that too. So um, Annie, what's our next
2: question? So our next question, this one, and I'm going to tell you that while we were prepping for this episode, Leah and I actually went back and forth about whether we even wanted to go there with this question, but we decided to because I know that so many of us are dealing with this Um With this issue. And I really think what we're hoping to do here is not so much answer this question because I don't think it's possible for us to do this, but open a conversation that is designed towards just improving the health landscape for our families. Um, Absolutely. So, what's the question? I know, I'm so nervous now. (laughs) The question is How do you handle it when a pediatrician dismisses your assessment and recommendations for a tongue tie release? I need help with wording so that I remain professional while standing behind my recommendations. And first of all, I want to just give like thank you to the person who submitted this question and the way the way you wrote it. I really hear in how what you're asking and how you're asking, your care for pretty much for everyone involved, your care right. for the family but also your respect for the other members of the care team and that and you're also just your respect for yourself that you're saying well i believe i've got the training and the skills to stand behind the recommendations that i'm making but i also don't want to ever be someone who says i'm the expert i know best listen to me and do what i say and everything will work out cuz we know that's not true we we are working within a team we do need and we do need to have those team members in place so i really like your focus on how you can improve the team versus like, how do I get people to listen to me? Yeah, do what
3: I say. And I think this really comes into just empowering the family. It's not your journey and it's not your responsibility to make them listen to any one person. It's your responsibility to give them the information, to give them the information from your assessment. And we don't diagnose. We we say what we see. We explain what we're seeing. And then we can give information to the family, different studies or articles, and then they get to go on their journey and, and really, um, be able to follow the path that, that best suits them, even if it doesn't look like what we would, you know, think would be the best path because it's not our journey. And so the best that we can do is to empower the family to, um, you know, if the family's questioning, like, well, here's some information, ask questions, that kind of thing, I think is really, really important to, to really hand it over to the family.
2: And, you know, I've had this happen where, I mean, this situation has certainly happened to me, you know, where I've said, here's what I'm seeing, here's what I'm recommending, here are some resources to read about it. My, my tongue tie resource that includes, I always put in there, you what about not, what are the risks of not doing it? What, like, what if I want to take a wait and see approach? So I always honor that as an option for a family, because I do think that so important because, you know, remembering that a lot of our families are, are maybe coming out of a birth experience where, um, they had a birth plan and they didn't get to do it. And so they're really feeling like all I, you know, this whole parenting journey so far has been about healthcare providers, telling me what's what's best for me and when do I get to decide what's best for me? And so, you know, validating them and honoring them as the owners of their own healthcare journey is really important here. And then balancing that by saying, I, I, this is what I'm recommending based on what I'm seeing and based on my interpretation of current research and to be professional in that way. When they come back to you and they say, yeah, I don't know. I, you know, talk to my doctor or my friend or whatever it is. And they've said, and they don't think that's the problem. So that's really what we, a lot of times what we hear like somebody else. And it could have been so many different people said they don't think that's the problem. And when that, when my clients come back to me and say that to me, I say, okay, so let's, let's work on this. And I actually, in that moment, don't address directly I don't get back into well they said this and I said that what I do is I say okay and I let some time go in the consult and we work on breastfeeding and then I look for those moments where I can this is when I am able to have a follow up in person visit with somebody but I look for those moments and I say okay this is what I'm seeing and I just go back to telling them what I'm seeing um and bringing it around and and sometimes I've had clients say oh yeah I see that too so do you think that could be a the tongue tie. And then now they've brought it up. They've come back to it. So I've laid the groundwork and then I'm, op- I'm leaving it open to see what happens in, during the course of the conversation. And I think that could be done on the phone too. Yeah,
3: absolutely. And that gives, gives the family the opportunity to process it all. You know, I mean, they, it's a lot of times it's just, if you're right out of the hospital and then everybody's saying this, and now you need to go get more more a specialist involved and go to these appointments. And I mean, it's just sometimes just too much in a time where we should be huddled in and bonding and everything. And sometimes just having a minute to process and get their thoughts around it, ask questions if they want to ask questions of us or ask questions of other healthcare providers that are giving them recommendations and letting them kind of walk down this journey and being with them and never, because I think sometimes we almost put a wall up if we're like, but, but no, that's, that's not the, you know, then we're going to shut ourselves off from being part of the family's journey. And then, then they're going to have nobody to support them. And some families might say, I want to do, I want to go down this path and then we need to be equipped to say, okay, I can still help you. Let's figure out what that's going to look like now. You know? And I think that's an important part too, is that this is, this is ju- their journey and we can stay professional and we can still be standing behind our recommendations, but still help the family on their journey.
2: Right. And, and really um, I, I find that in communicating that at the time that I'm making the recommendation. So when I, when I am referring somebody to see a uh, get an assessment for possible tongue tie or Or maybe the I think the baby might need body work. I always say, you know, this is what I'm recommending. I really want you to, you know, decide decide what's right for you and I'm here for you, whatever path you go down. And then there are ways that you can, you know, that doesn't mean saying, well, okay, they didn't get the tongue tie done. Now I have to make breastfeeding perfect without Mm -hmm. that. But I've also, I had, I mean, Granted, this is not, I, this is not the, um, most of my clients whose babies have, have ties, um, who don't. So like you get the, you have the babies where you, the assessment tool clearly shows there's a tongue tie. You refer, they follow up on the referral. The tongue tie is released You're Then you're working on aftercare. So a lot of my clients are going through that process when there's a tie. So then you have the, the clients who, where you say, this is what I'm seeing. And they say, um. I'm never going to do that. I don't want to do that in however many ways, or they say the pediatrician or their their or their or uh, partner doesn't want it to be done, you know, whatever, whoever that person is. And they're, they're just saying, no, this is not happening. And so then I stay supporting them. And I I do see most of the time, you know, that we, we work as hard as we can. And I do try to prepare them for here's possible risks of not having this assessment done, but let's see how far we can get. And I have had two clients in the eight years that I've been doing this, where there was definitely a tongue tie. They didn't have anything done about it. And they were breastfed for a really long time. Um, yeah. these were both people who were not bothered by the pain that they were in. And so that is, and I always, I also say, like, you will never hear me tell someone that's, like that's, that's never going in the care plan. Your, your plan of care is to feel pain until, (laughs) until it stops. Um, so, but, but I did, I have been there and, and I would say like, that was like good for me to get to see. Um, I do really, you know, believe in the importance of having babies have normal oral function and doing whatever we can to get them there. But I also really want my clients to feel safe. And I really want them to feel like I'm on their side. Yeah,
3: I think that's that's so, so important. That's a really a really good question and super tough to answer. And I'm sure there's a lot of different approaches um, to such a tough, tough topic. Cause I know it's one that so many of us come up against. But thank you so much for, for your input on that. I thought that was really, really helpful.
2: And I think so we're gonna next, this is a topic. And I think this is a topic that I think is probably going to warrant a longer episode. So definitely would love to hear more about how all of you are navigating these, um, these very tricky, tricky waters. And one final thing on that too, is that, um, when they, when they, um, when my families say they're not open on the first round, then I shift my language and I'm no longer talking about getting an assessment for tongue tie. I'm talking about a second opinion if you ever think you might want a second opinion because there's nothing wrong with getting a second opinion, a second, a fresh set of eyes. So I, so try, so framing it, like I'm not telling you to do something. I'm just uh, having somebody look at it. So, and I, so I'll say, well, we can come back to it. So if you change your mind and you, you know, definitely can, we can still get a second opinion and later if you still feel you want that. So I think that also can help with um, kind of mitigating some of that Criticism that comes up, and 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 it's also important for, um, to, for us to not be seen as tongue tie fact funnels. Like, yeah, for yeah, sure. Come to a lactation consultant, and you will definitely end up with your baby. Like, having... that's the only answer we have is because we know that it's not, and we exactly. know that identifying and supporting families whose babies have tethered oral tissues is a huge part of the work that we do, and. I, you know, gosh, I wish like, I just dream of the day where we have prevention for this. Um, so, um, I, I think, I, I think it's really great to be focused on how we're doing this in a caring way. Um, that's good for our families.
3: Absolutely. Absolutely. So our final question for this episode um, is, as a medical professional, I am horrible about the billing aspect. Honestly, I would do all of this for free. So how do you bill, ask for payment, handle patients? I can't get my head around how to ask for money at the end of the session. Do you charge them beforehand so it's not awkward and you can focus on just mom and baby without stress? of asking for money at the end of the visit? So this is a great question. And I know this is a tough, tough one. Um, some of the LCs that have worked with me and they are used to working in a hospital setting and now they have to do the asking for the money Are like, oh, I can't do it. Can you just send them an invoice? I'm like, nope, we got it. We got to get it. We got to get it done. So I just have a script and a timeline of when I do it. So at the end of the visit, I will be putting my scale away first. I always put that away first. And then I like bring my scale over to my consult bag. And as I'm kind of collecting my things in my consult bag and putting in my little computer or iPad, I say, so for the visit today, did you want to use a credit card or check or cash? What would work best for you? And it's like, just an assumption that this is what everybody's expecting. And I'm right at my bag where my little card reader is. So I'll be able to grab it out right away. And it doesn't feel like I'm like, Hey, I need you to give me some money. (laughs) You know, it's just like, how did you want to pay for this? And it's, it's gotten super comfortable. I will say in the beginning, it is always uncomfortable, no matter what, especially if you're not ever used, if you've never had to ask somebody to pay you. I think that would be it's super duper duper hard. But just bite the bullet, have um just your words that you were going to say. A little script is really, really helpful and the words just flow out of your mouth and then you don't have to think about it again. How do you handle it,
2: Annie? I I use um online payments with my scheduler um because for that very reason. But just like you, I just had to just you just have to do it and you just have to say it. And I always say it like so i can take cash check or credit card for the visit today this is before i was using online payments um what do you prefer and um i think the i think doing it beforehand um in the beginning like as you're getting comfortable with it that's it's a good idea you know just yeah. to get it out of the way and say okay before we get started and um you know like i definitely think there are other you know like wellness professionals who would do it that way there's so there's you can do it at the time of day where you are, the time of the, do it at the time during the consult where it's going to feel least intrusive to you. Definitely do it. And, you know, feeling horrible about the billing aspect, here's what I want to say to you, the person who asked this question. Feel horrible about it. It's terrible that we live in, we have a, we have a situation here in the United States where it is so hard for families to access the care you need. So get angry about it. Get angry on a, on a level that is going to inspire you to do something about it. Because there, there are advocacy efforts. There are organizations that are working to increase access to breastfeeding services. So get involved with them. But when it comes down to your work, I want you to value the work that you do. Because that kind of institutional and social change does not happen when people say, I would do this for free. If you're going to do it for free, nothing is ever going to change. And what what will happen is that the people who find out, you know, people who already have means and privilege are going to get breastfeeding support, and the people who don't are not. And the only way for people who don't have means and privilege to get breastfeeding help is if we are willing to say this is a something that costs money, and that we start getting our clients who have privilege cl- to get excited about the idea that. This should be getting paid for for everyone, just like the Affordable Care Act says. So, use that anger, but send it in mm-hmm. the right direction. Use that that you know the feelings that you have, that that discomfort, and let it motivate you uh, to get involved with advocacy to have our services covered by insurance in a real way, and not just in the fake way that means um, they send a million super bills and never get reimbursed. It's it's bad, and it, that's not good. But that's not your problem to solve in that consult, you're, you're there to do a job and get paid for it. Right. And I think so many of us
3: kind of have that heart of like, Oh, I would do this for free. I just love my work so, so, so much, but we definitely want to make sure that we're valuing ourselves and our time and the expertise that you have. Cause you've put a lot of time and money into getting that expertise. So own it. You're awesome. And you deserve to get paid for the work you do. And when you look at it like that, it's not so bad to ask for the money. So, all right. Well, we had so much fun today answering these questions and I really, really enjoyed getting to do this. So I can't wait for our next episode of more listener questions, but before we completely wrap up, I know you, Annie, have a tech tip for us. What you got today?
2: Yeah. My tech tip today is about email subject lines and Ooh. having, um, templated ways that you write your subject lines so they get noticed by your clients. So, we like it. When you're if you want somebody to say you're sending an email that says here's your care plan, your subject should say care plan and the date of the visit today or lactation care plan uh, or here is your care plan. And because you, you want them to be able to find it, I recommend um putting the date on there when you're sending care plans, because some email providers will thread those messages and then they'll all have like 15 emails that are all care plan and they won't actually see the separate ones. Um, really kind of standardize that and try to, and staying away from like subject lines, like, Hey there, or, um, meet you. I've done, you know, the more friendly ones because, You need it to come into their inbox and have them know what's in there and what it says. So our sponsor, Practice Better, offers customizable email notifications for uh, appointment confirmations and reminders to make sure that your clients automatically receive the information they need based on the service they've booked and where the service will take place. So having it say this is what we're doing. This is how long it'll take. This is when it is. And if it's office or home where it's happening. Um, so you really want to make that information super easy for your clients to see in their very cluttered, crowded inbox.
3: That's awesome. Really, really helpful tech tip there. Thank you so much, Annie. Well, it's been such a pleasure getting to chat with you again today. And I can't wait. Our next podcast, for more listener questions. I'm super excited about it.
2: It's going to be really fun.
3: Take care, Leah. You too. Bye. Bye. If you enjoyed today's episode, please share it with a friend and leave us a review. Be sure to hit that subscribe button so you never miss an episode.
1: At Parker, our purpose is simple.